Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 648 for the 15th of Elul in a regular year. So comedians, countless times over, have made jokes about the difference between a newly married couple and a couple that's been married for 20, 30, 40, 50 years or so, right? What are the common jokes that you hear? You hear about how the newly married couple, it's like they can't stop looking to each other's eyes. They see no wrong. They see no flaws. They're obsessed with one another. They're so nice to one another. And then you look at this older couple and they're bickering and they're annoyed with one another and they're fighting and they really don't get along and things like that. So I never like these jokes um, because I find them to be very negative and I don't think that they're necessarily true. And you often see older couples who have been together for years and they have a lovely marriage and the love only gets stronger and deeper with time. It's true, however, that if you speak to them, often they'll tell you that this is not something that comes naturally. This is something that they actually had to work on and to some, something to really cultivate, to not lose that initial passion that they had in the beginning. We see this also in other areas of life, not only in terms of romantic love, but something which I title today's podcast with, often when we, when we are working on different projects. I know that I am guilty of this, and I think many people can relate to this, that you get this idea for a project in your head, and you're really excited about it, you're really, really passionate, and you begin it right away, and you start working on it, you're, you're all into it and everything, and then what happens, a few days pass, maybe a few weeks pass, maybe a few months if you're lucky, and you lose that passion, you lose the drive, and maybe you're like not really motivated anymore to keep the project going. I find one way to remedy this, something that I actually, I can use this podcast as an example. When I first started this podcast, I was really excited to launch it, right? I put together the logo and all that kind of stuff. And I'll be honest, there are some days where it's sort of like, I'm not that excited about it, but I made it into a routine where I work on it day after day after day. And I do find that the hardest part is getting started. And once I get started, then it kind of flows. And I find that also what helps with it, what helps with the feeling of being able to stay passionate about this project is because even though, yes, it's a Tanya project, it's it's something I've been working on for a while, every day is a little bit different, right? Or it's very different because every day I'm working on a totally different episode, something totally new. So the newness is there. The newness is fresh. And I'm looking at this Tanya that even though I've studied it for years at this point, you know, learning the daily chitas, every year, every time, especially now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm really looking at it through a new lens and I'm looking at it in a whole new way and I'm finding this newness there. So the newness 
is really essential, whether we're talking about romantic love, where you want to maintain that sense of newness and freshness in your relationship, or whether you're talking about different projects that you're working on, or really anything in your life. And so this is the theme of the Tanya of today, of the epistle that we're going to be beginning. This is epistle 14, and we're going to start the, the epistle today. And once again, the theme is tzedakah. This is a theme, if you've noticed, is a recurring theme. Might sound redundant at this point, but it's not. It's recurring and it's something that just, you know, is perpetual. The ultra really, really, really wants to emphasize the idea of giving tzedakah and giving and giving and giving to no end, specifically to different different funds um, to, to the land of Israel. And in today's episode, he's going to specifically be talking about referencing different funds that he had set up in relation to the land of Israel. And where does this newness come in? Is the ultra Rebbe is going to address this point with his chassidim, talking to his chassidim in this very personal kind of way, where he's going to tell them that, you know, when these originally, these funds were set up for the land of Israel, and everybody was really excited about them, right? It's really natural. Like, let's say you do a fundraiser or something like that. People give right away because it's it's exciting. It's a new thing. Like, you, you put uh, something on Kickstarter or... GoFundMe or something like that, the first day, the second day, that's when you're going to be getting in the big donations. Maybe a week later, a year later, how many are coming in? They might still be trickling in, but it's not going to be with as much enthusiasm. Other projects have come about since that time. Uh, other causes, there's always new causes, right? And so that original cause might lose its passion. It might lose its power. And so the ultra but here in today's in today's um, epistle that we're going to begin is addressing this point and he's telling his chassidim to not lose that original love that they had for this campaign, to not lose that original uh, drive that they had to give to the land of Israel. And he's going to relate this also to God and how God doesn't lose this, this passion for giving to the land of Israel. Because we know that there's a principle that while God, there's people think that when we talk about the story of creation, it says that God created the world through six, in six days and then rested on Shabbos. People think, okay, God created the world in six days and then he left and here we are and there's laws of nature and all that. But according to Chassidus, that's not the case at all. And we actually know that Hashem is constantly creating the world, something from nothing at every single moment, every sing, single millisecond of time. And this is especially true, the focus is going to be in the land of Israel, that the vivifying force that Hashem gives to the land of Israel is constant and perpetual and it's not it wasn't just a one-time thing and so Hashem is constantly renewing and vitalizing the energy of Israel something from nothing all the time and so this renewed vitality that Hashem is giving to the world this can be thought of as this new love so it's like just as God is not becoming like dry and uh and and just habitual with the energy and the vitality that he's giving to the land of Israel, the ultra Rabbi here is pleading with his chassidim to also not be just habitual in their giving to the land of Israel, but actually they should keep this passion that they have for giving to the land of Israel. So let's get into the text. And again, for context, this is the beginning of Epistle 14. And here we go. So the ultra Rabbi begins very straightforward, in a very straightforward manner, saying that this letter is the purpose of this letter is in order to arouse the old love and the fondness for the Holy Land, for the land of Israel, so that it should be a, a burning like a fiery flame in the inward heart, of the, in a deep way, in the, in the depth of the heart of, uh, of the Hasidim, 
as if it were that on this very day, Hashem gave us the spirit and the spirit of generosity so that people will donate and like will fill their, fill their hands with donations to God with a full hand and with a generous hand. So um, basically, it's like the altar is saying that he wants his chassidim to be just as passionate, to be just as aroused to give and about this fund as if it was like the very beginning establishment of this fund. And this, should, this giving should increase year after year. Uh, and it should continuously rise and um, and be and become even more uh, as an, according to the measure of Kodesh HaElyon, the supreme holiness. So this supreme holiness is a reference to Chochmah. It's another way of referring to Chochmah. And so this idea of Chochmah, Chochmah is associated with the land of Israel. So uh, this Chochmah radiates in the land of Israel and it becomes it's constantly being renewed and it's constantly become, becoming increased. As it says, and this is a citation from Devarim chapter 11, verse 12, that forever are, the, are your eye, the eyes of God on the land of Israel from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. And so this, okay, so now the altar rabbi asks a question. So he says that this, this seems, this wording seems a little strange where it says that the uh, eyes of God are on the lands of Israel from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. So what does that mean? Because like, you know, a much simpler way to say that if we're saying the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So, okay, the end of the year, at the end of the year, what happens? Now there's the beginning of the year. So a simpler way to say this it, is if it would have just said that the eyes of God are on the land of Israel forever and ever, right? Why start with the beginning of the year, the end of the year? So we could say, okay, the text is just being poetic, right? But there's got to be a deeper meaning behind it all. So to understand this, the altar brings us to a citation from Mishlei, which uh, it brings up a concept that's brought up a lot in Chassadis, but first I'll start with the citation. So the citation is from Mishlei chapter 3, verse 19, where it says, Hashem yesad aretz, that, the, that Hashem founded the land, the earth, through with Chochmah. So the Altar Rabbi goes on and he explains that he, he says this earth that we're re referencing here, it's specifically a reference to the Holy Land, to the land of Israel. And specifically when we talk about the land of Israel, there's actually... There, there's the land of Israel as we know it, the physical earth of the land of Israel, but there's also like a spiritual representation, a spiritual mirror of this land, which is called the Eretz Hayluna, the supernal land. And in this way, then the Altar says that Hashem fills all the worlds in this way. So it's very imminent there. Hashem is very is imminent in this like spiritual supernal land of Israel. And then we have the lower land of Israel, which is the lower land of Israel is, called, is often referenced as Eretz Chefetz, the the land of Hashem's desire. And this land, this physical land of Israel, parallels the spiritual land of Israel exactly. There's a correspondence there. And it's called by its name. It's called Eretz Haim, the land of life. So another name for Israel is the land of life. And this comes from this, this foundation of the land of Israel comes from the drawing down and the radiance of the supernal Chochmah, which is the source of the supernal worlds. As it is written, uh, and this is a citation from Eicha, chapter 7, verse 12, which literally means the Chochmah animates those who possess it. So meaning to say, what does that mean? Basically, it's Again, this idea that the Chochmah is what radiates, is what vivifies the whole land of Israel. And this radiance, uh, this drawing down, gets renewed with a new light every year, year after year after year. 
because Hashem and his Chachma are one with utmost unity. And it's uh, and it's called by the name of the Or Ein Sof Baruchu. This is the light of the Ein Sof Baruchu. So this this Chochmah is called the light of the Ein Sof. And so why is it called the light of the Ein Sof, the light of the infinite? Because there is no limit to it. There's no end to the greatness and the um, and the the level of this light and this vitality that comes from God, from his uh, from Him and from His Chochmah, with from elevation upon elevation to the loftiest of levels. And then the altar Rebbe goes on to say that every year, then um, there's a new light that is renewed, that is drawn down from the supernal Chachma that never shone before to the Eretz to the to the supernal world, um, supernal earth. So what is this Eretz if you remember yesterday we spoke about it, it's like the, it's the spiritual counterpart to Israel, to the land of Israel, to the physical land, land of Israel. So basically, so what does this mean? So the altar goes on and he explains, he says that the light of every year leaves and returns back to its root. Every, every era of Rosh Hashanah, every eve of Rosh Hashanah, when the moon is covered. So in the Gemara actually refers to Rosh Hashanah as being the holiday in which the moon is covered. So that's the idea, basically. So and spiritually speaking, this idea of the moon being covered means that the sphere of Malchus, which is represented by the moon, this is covered. This, this, which is like the animating force within the world, is covered up and is hiding. So there's like the for, the life force of the world goes into hiding during this time, and then after this, through the blowing of the shofar and through the different prayers that we say on Rosh Hashanah, then this new light comes down. So this supernal new light comes down, and in a very supernal way, that is on the level of this supernal chokhmah to illuminate this supernal world and to those who dwell within it, which is what is the things that dwell within this supernal world, this that we spoke about. This is all of the supernal worlds and the lower worlds as well that receive their vitality from it. Meaning to say that they receive their vitality from the infinite light, blessed be he, and his wisdom, his chokhmah, which is vested within it. As it says, and then this is a Pasuk from Tehillim, chapter 36, verse 10. That for with you is the source of life. In your light, we shall see light. Meaning, what is this light? So it explains the altar Rebbe that, that we're seeing. And this is the this is the light that shines from the supernal chachma, which is the source of, of light, life. And then in brackets, it says, as is known to the students of Kabbalah, that on every Rosh Hashanah, the... Nisira takes place and receives a higher type of brain that's that's renewed and more supernal, etc. So what is what is this Nisira? What's this referring to? So those of you that are familiar with the story of creation, um, there's the whole story of Adam and Eve. So we see so we know that Adam, he was with, we know that Eve, how was Eve created? She was taken out of Adam's rib, right? So there was like Hashem uh, had, Hashem took Adam's rib, and from that, Eve was created. And so this removal of the rib, this happens every year on Rosh Hashanah. Because Rosh Hashanah, unlike what many people think is the birthday of the creation of the world, it's actually not. It's the birthday of first man, of man being created. So, so too, it's like the anniversary of this Nasira happening, this removal of the rib. And so what that represents um, Kabbalistically, 
So there's a lot to go into there, but like on a very basic level that the Altarp is focusing on here is it's a removal of a certain type of like the mind kind of in order to create a new mind, a new kind of intellect. And now the Altarp goes on and he says that this thing that happens on Rosh Hashanah, this like removal of the mind to bring in a newer mind, it happens every day actually. That, so it's not just on Rosh Hashanah, but actually on every single day, there's a supernal mind that is greater than the previous day that comes down into the world every single time that we daven uh, the morning prayers. And this is not the same intellect that's coming back over and over again, but rather it's a higher intellect that happens each time. And in a general sense, this happens for the world every Rosh Hashanah. And so the way that the altar explains this is he brings a citation from the Gemara from Rosh Hashanah, page 31a, where it talks about the world, the existence of the world being in totality. It will be 6,000 6, years old, the world as we know it. And so every Rosh Hashanah, for the world, this happens in this like very general sense, in a collective sense, that the world gets this renewed energy. On an individual level, this happens every single day when we pray the morning prayers. But in a general sense, it happens every Rosh Hashanah. So that's the end of the section for today. And we will conclude this epistle tomorrow when we talk a little bit more about uh, this renewal of light that happens on Rosh Hashanah, uh, the specialness uh, specifically in the land of Israel in this regard, and our part in this renewal of the light. And we'll see that we have a part in, in terms of the renewal of the light, or at least the manifestation of this light. So stay tuned for that. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.